0: Hi, I'm Josh Van Burkle. Welcome to the Activate Christchurch podcast. It's our privilege to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you ever find yourself in Christchurch, pop in and say hello. We'd love to see you. So good to be here tonight with you all. And um, wow, I don't know many of you, so that means it's almost a whole new crowd. So that's exciting for us. I want to thank uh, Josh and, and Liz. Thank you for organising this with Garth and Carol. And uh, we just appreciate you guys. And the hungry have turned up on a Monday night. (laughs) Who would have thought, amen? Yeah, you can pat yourselves on the back or clap for yourself like that gentleman there felt like giving himself a clap there for turning up on a Monday night. God bless you, sir. (laughs) So cool. And um, it's good to know that there's hunger happening all around New Zealand, amen? Um, I'd like to introduce my wife over here, Leslie, over here, if you just say hi to her and... She'll probably minister um, in a little bit as well. And also my awesome kids. I'd like you to say hi to Judah over here, who's 11. And uh, did you get any words, son, in the worship or anything? You just let me know, okay? You let mum know. Okay. And uh, this is Ocean over here. She's my 11-year-old, 11, nine-year-old daughter. And um, we've also got Olive, who's down the back, and Lily Joy, who's seven months. And so um, we travel as a, f- oh, here she comes. Hey! You want to say hi to everyone? Come and say hi. Hi, my name is Olive. And that's Olive. She's our missionary fire starter, so watch, watch this space. And um, we travel as a family. Before New Zealand, we traveled for six years around the islands as a family doing mission work. Uh, We had a revival that broke out in Samoa in 2014 and um, through a series of miracles that took place. And um, a revival broke out across the island. And in one year, we hosted our first miracle campaign. Uh, We hired a stadium over there and 20 odd buses and um, people came from all over the island to celebrate uh, who our Jesus is, a God of working miracles, signs and wonders. And uh, we saw so many incredible miracles and that's how our ministry launched. We ended up traveling right around the islands 10 months of the year, doing healing campaigns and revival meetings and uh, signs and wonders ministry for six years. We come back to New Zealand in 2020 And um, we'd already planned to do some meetings in New Zealand and then COVID hit. And so we thought, well, this is God's plan. So we jumped in our car and decided, let's be missionaries to New Zealand. And we've been traveling ever since, amen. And we've stayed in about 49 places this year. We travel from place to place. We've been out of Auckland for four months now. We got out with an hour to spare in the lockdown hit and we haven't looked back. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if anyone's selling any property, just come and talk to us after. I don't know, Christchurch seems a pretty good place though. <laughs> and so uh, thankfully we get to go home for Christmas and uh, we're all looking forward to that as a family. But it's just been a wonderful time. We just came back from Wanaka last week. Uh, we had a 3 day revival in Wanaka, and uh, Ian Wright, who many of you know, um, we had him come in and do a morning session on the Saturday morning, and uh, Wanaka was just really touched by the power of God in an awesome way. There was a lot of deliverances, there were some healings, we had testimonies of lives getting changed, and uh, God just really rocked Wanaka. We had people driving from Queenstown, uh, uh, Darfield, Twizel, Cromwell, Wherever, I don't know, they're just coming from everywhere to receive from the Lord because He's pouring out His Spirit, amen. Isn't that exciting? Come on, give Jesus a God bless. And um, I'd like to introduce our team who are here tonight. Some of you might know some of them, but they've basically signed up to help us out in the ministry um, when we travel and do these revival events, kind of like a local mission team, you know? And they're here tonight, they're gonna minister to you as well and just be a blessing to you. Can you guys just stand up or just wave for a minute so people can see who you are? Just so they know that when you go to pray for them, it's not a stranger. Praying. So there's a few up the front here that hopefully they got some name badges. There's a couple down there that don't have name badges yet, but um, (laughs) you can trust them. And so um, so that's all good. And so they've um, gone through a process of training with us. They've gone through pastoral recognition. um, And they've also gone through some sozo inner healing work before they're allowed to come on the team. And so um, they're well equipped to uh, pray and just minister tonight. Isn't it awesome? So I'm excited to be here. And, you know, usually Monday nights is kind of like a school night, you know, School of the Spirit. We love to teach as well, activate the gifts and and go a bit deeper for people. Amen. And so it's an exciting time um, on the Monday night because we just kind of get to go a bit deeper into the Word. And as I was praying about the Activate Churches uh, in Christchurch, and I really just felt like I was with Garth a couple of months ago, like I hadn't quite finished my assignment for the year with you guys, you know? It kind of just felt like, man, I gotta see these guys one more time. And I was like, we just kind of, there was something else that I felt like God wanted to drop um, into uh, your church. And so I, I talked to Garth about when we were coming through about maybe doing another night, and it just happened to fall on a Monday because um, yesterday we were busy at Living Waters Church. Do we have anyone from Living Waters here tonight? Or who was there? Good, good, awesome. Yeah, back for seconds, eh? It's like, man, seconds. And so it's been really cool. And I, I don't like, I could talk about the testimony of the miracles that have happened in the islands that. I launched our ministry, you know, we saw people go out of wheelchairs, we saw deaf ears open, uh, we saw our massive weather patterns disappear in the name of Jesus. But I always like to come back to what's happening in New Zealand because people have always said to us, you know, when we're in the islands, well, what about New Zealand? Can it happen here? And I would always say to them, well, the very reason, the very question, the very, <laughs> how do I say this? The, the reason you ask that question is why it's not happening. Because what it reveals is that that's your get out clause. Your get out clause is, well, they happen over there, but not here. But I believe if we wanna see the miraculous realm established more in New Zealand in a culture of miracles, a culture of healing, in 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 a healthy way, in a safe environment, we can't have a get out clause. We can't have a B plan. You know, the one thing in the islands that they have is they don't have a B plan. Amen? Places like India and Africa and China and all that, there is no B plan, you know? They they can't afford healthcare. You know, it's like if God doesn't turn up, amen, then uh, there's no other option. But what if we had a culture in our churches where if God doesn't turn up, there's no other option? Amen. And I'm not talking about not going to the doctor or getting checkups and stuff like that. I'm just talking about a mentality where you are willing to sell out and give all for the genuine gospel. Amen. The gospel message of salvation and healing and deliverance in your lives and transformation, the full transformation of Christ. Amen. Thank you. And so (laughs) praise the Lord. It's good for encouragement on a Monday night. (laughs) And so I always like to share about that, you know, so we did a meeting in Taomutu um, probably a couple of months ago now and a couple of days before the meeting, we got a phone call from a lady in Wanganui. and this lady in Wanganui said, "Um, you guys prayed for me a couple of months ago and I heard you're doing a meeting in Taomutu, can I come and testify of my healing? Because she was healed of 15 years of fibromyalgia. 15 years of fibromyalgia and she said, I'm going back to work for the first time in 15 years. And she was willing to drive, she was willing to drive three hours just to testify. Some of us are like, oh, five minutes to church today. <laughs> Amen. But there's hunger building in the body of Christ. Amen. So he said, yeah, sure, come up, come up, you know. Just pay her own way, gas, stay the night at the hotel. You know, I don't know what it cost her, 500 odd bucks, you know, some of us. But bit worried about 20 bucks of gas, you know, to get to church each, all week. And, you know, she did her own thing because she wanted to testify the goodness of God. Then we got another phone call from a lady that was in Tikawiti. And this lady had come to our meeting in Waihee at the start of the year. And she was 75 years old and gave her life to Jesus for the first time. Wow. At 75, amen. <laughs> You're never too old, hallelujah. And, um, but what happened was she had a uterus cancer. And when she came up, she'd never been to a Pentecostal charismatic church. She didn't know about the Holy Spirit. She came up, gave her life to Jesus. And she said, when I gave my life to Jesus, I felt heat, heat come upon my uterus. And I knew that I was going to be healed. Now that's faith talking from someone that doesn't know the language of faith. That doesn't know the Christianese about bless the Lord I'm believing and bless the Lord God is, you know, one day something will happen. But this is from someone that didn't know the language and yet was speaking the language of the Spirit. Amen. And she got healed. So she's like, can I drive from Tikawiti to come down? I'm thinking, what's happening in Tao al man? Like, you know, it's gonna be, you know, 80 80 odd people there, nothing special. All of a sudden people are driving three hours. Come and testify. We're like, cool, come along. A few hours later, whatever, next day or whatever, get another phone call from a man in Gordington across the other side of Hamilton. So that's probably a 40 minute drive. Um, you know how I got healed of um, the two brain bleeds and the concussion over the internet when you're doing that healing meeting. And uh, when Leslie prayed and, um, and the power of God came upon me and after eight months of concussion and I couldn't work, uh, the next day I got up and did 12 hours a day on the farm. And then the next day I did another 12 hours and I was completely healed. Um, I, I, I'd love to come and testify. Sorry, we're only accepting longer than three hours travel, mate. Sorry. <laughs> and so we had all these people come to Te Aumuru to testify of what God is doing in New Zealand. Amen. Because God is at work. You want to hear another one? Yeah. And some of you that were here in the morning um, at Living Waters, you've already heard this one. But I'll, I want to tell you why I'm going to share it. Because... When I, when I read this yesterday morning, in the worship, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I have a message for this church, for Activate and for the people that are here tonight. And it came out of this testimony. So I wanna read it and then I'm gonna share the message and then we'll pray. At the Sunday night meeting at Motueka Baptist Church, Joe walked up to re- retired man, Joe's me by the way. <laughs> That's a joke walked up to a retired man and asked him if he had anything Joe could pray for. I don't usually talk about myself in the third person. It's because I'm reading from her. He said he was fine. Joe asked, who's me, by the way. Don't you have anything I can pray for you? And the man said, no. In fact, I remember this man, very stubborn man. In fact, I was trying to call him out at everyone in the church. And he said, i got nothing. Oh, okay. Sucks to be me right now. But thankfully I pursued a little bit. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, can I pray for you anyway? Okay then. So he got up. Actually, he had cancer of the bone around eight years ago. And he'd undergone a lot of chemotherapy and he remained on chemo pills to this day. In the week prior, the man required to have monthly blood tests to keep up with any changes. The week before Joan Leslie came to Mochueka, his red blood cell count had increased. And his oncologist said they would need to do further tests and possibly increase the chemo pill dose. So it was coming back. There was also another bone number that had been low since the cancer because the bones don't recover from the cancer and there was no way to recover from it, you know? The marrow, the bone marrow number was, was low because he, his body had been destroyed by the cancer. So I prayed for the man that God would heal his cancer. When he had his next blood test, the oncologist rang to say, good news, The red blood cell count is normal. And the other bone number had increased. He had no explanation. The man told him he had received prayer and the oncologist said it was in the realm of the miraculous. Come on. Isn't that good when doctors tell patients that's the realm of the miraculous? (laughs) I don't know if he was a believer or what, you know, he just had no answer, amen? He had no answer. Isn't it good when doctors have no answer? You know, the Fijian man that got healed of HIV in one of our crusades in Fiji, when he went to the doctor, they had to write on his um, doctor's certificate, which we still have, that it is an undetectable viral load which means they couldn't detect it anymore. But they're not allowed to say, you're healed. Even though he's not on the medication now and all, and he's got more white blood cells than the average man does now because God made him superhuman. And, uh, but they can't say that. But isn't that awesome that that doctor was able to say, this is in the realm of the miraculous. And tonight, I wanna share a little bit about how to cultivate the realm of the miraculous in a church, in your life, in a family, in an environment, because more and more today, we need the realm of the miraculous. Amen. With what is happening with COVID and next year, what is coming upon New Zealand, we need the realm of the miraculous. Amen. And so tonight, I wanna just give you some keys from the life of Jesus. I'm not gonna preach anything that's not in the Bible. I'm not gonna say anything that Jesus doesn't say in the Bible. And I wanna share about how to cultivate that so that these churches, pastors Garth and Josh and Liz, these activate churches can have a culture of the realm of the miraculous. Amen? Amen. Number one. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. So, first, is you have to have a gospel that's at hand. Right? The cell phone is at hand. Okay? If it's over there, it's not at hand. Right? We preach a gospel message sometimes that's over there, but it's not at hand. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, We hope God will change your life, you know, give God your life and something good's gonna happen to you, you know, and God will bless you if you give Him your life, but it's not really at hand, it's kind of over there. But when we have a gospel message that is at hand, then suddenly it's powerful. This phone becomes powerful to me, not when I'm talking about it, Hey, there's this cool thing called an iPhone. And it's got all these cool apps on it. You can kind of do stuff. You can do your banking. You can ring people, da-da-da. so cool. I don't have one personally, but you know, there's one over there. And there's someone's what we're like with the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? We're, we're told, you know, oh, you gotta share the gospel. You gotta communicate with people. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like a girl I once knew. She said, you know why I don't bring people to church, Joe? I said, no, I don't know why. She said, because I don't want them to be as miserable as I am. And sometimes we can have that thing like, I haven't really encountered the the God of the gospel of the Bible. I haven't really had that visitation in my life. I haven't really had that healing. I haven't really seen a a sign or a wonder or a transformation, but I'm gonna tell you about what I haven't really seen myself and hope that something will happen. But when I have an iPhone in my hand, come on now. Hey, let me show you this, man. It's got these apps on it. You can play games on it. You can do your banking on it. You can do your emails on it. Look at this. Let let me show you the gospel. Let me show you what it can do because it's in my hand. You guys understand? See, the Bible is a prophetic book. Amen? Amen? The Bible is a book of prophecy. The Old Testament, particularly, is about the prophecies of the Messiah, the prophecies of what is to come, the prophecy, prophecies of uh, uh, Christ coming, the Savior of Israel coming, the Savior of the Gentile coming, and, and all these kind of prophecies. And, you know, when we get to the New Testament, the time of prophecy is over because Jesus has come, the fulfillment of the prophecies. You understand what I'm saying? And why do I say that? Because, you know, we're in a prophetic heavy culture at the moment. Some of you would know what I mean. A lot of prophecy going on, a lot of stuff. The gift of prophecy is clearly in the New Testament. I love the gift of prophecy. We lived off a prophecy when we first went to Samoa. There was a prophet that came from America into New Zealand, prophesied our whole ministry in about three minutes. We got it recorded and we lived off that prophecy in Samoa for many years. It was our fuel. So I know the power of prophecy, but here's the thing. When the kingdom of heaven comes, prophecy ends and the kingdom begins. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of prophesying one day there's gonna be a healing power, one day there's gonna be a healing move and I prophesied that, that's one of our words is that there's a healing move coming to the body of Christ in New Zealand. That if there's a, the devil is bringing a pandemic, God's gonna bring a healing-demic. Amen. So I believe in prophecy, but more than that, I believe that the time is at hand. Hallelujah. Amen. That we will see healings. Yes, we will see deliverances. Yes, we're not gonna prophesy on the sweep by and by and hope that someone else is gonna do it because I don't really have it in my hand, but we're gonna operate in the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. And when we put that expectation on God, see, it's one thing to say, oh, Lord, I hope that so-and-so gets healed. Or I hope that so-and-so gets free, Lord. And won't thou, God, do somethingest from thy deepest heart? Right? Which, in case you didn't realize, uh, God wasn't born in New, New King James, or oh, Old King James, English. He wasn't born in England in the 1500s. If anything, he's Jewish. (laughs) Amen? You get what I'm saying? So I don't even know why we pray to God like that. But anyway, I know why we do. (laughs) It's because we've been taught it. But I won't go there. And so, but when you understand that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here right now that God has come through the person of Jesus Christ and He has given gifts to men and He called us, go ye therefore, and that we can carry that gospel message with signs and wonders following, like it says in Mark 16, amen. They went out everywhere, the Lord confirming the word through the accompanying signs, amen. There's signs that accompany the gospel when it's at when it's preached like it's at, at hand, amen? When instead of hoping something's gonna happen, we know something's gonna happen. Well, how can you know it? Because it's at hand, amen? Well, how can you know that iPhone has an, such an amazing app, da-da-da-da? Well, I've got it right here, come have a look. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to shift our gospel message from a one-day gospel, like one day God's gonna bless you, right? Just stick, stick around long enough, man. Stick in that chair long enough. One day God's going to do it. You get what I'm saying? A one-day gospel to a now gospel. Amen. You need your financial miracle. You need your breakthrough now in the name of Jesus. Things are going to shift whatever is influencing, whatever is separating you from your breakthrough. It's going to shift now because the kingdom is now because faith is now. And you put that expectation on it, amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) One time we're in Hawaii and um, this guy had come to one of our Monday night meetings much like this and um, he came along and afterwards there was like an offering that took place and the guy had 20 bucks, but the problem was his gas tank was empty and that 20 bucks was meant to fill his gas tank so he could get home that night. And um, this is not an offering talk, by the way. (laughs) This is just a miracle talk, hallelujah. And so at that time, he was like, what do I do, God? Because I've got no gas and um, and I've got this 20 bucks, but I feel the urge to sow and give, but then I won't be able to get home. I'll have to take a bus or something. And he was kind of like, oh, uh, and then he thought, you know what, stuff it, I'm just gonna give that 20 bucks. And he gave it. And then he turned to his mates and said, can you give me a ride home? And they were like, okay, yeah, sure. And he goes, oh, before you do, I just need to run to my car and grab something from my car or whatever. And so he got to the car and he looked at the gaslight and he goes, oh, something's funny here. And he turned on his key and looked at his gas and his gas had gone up. Half of you believe that. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? Because it's now, because he put... Our expectation on the God of the now. Amen. He is not the great I was. He's the great I am. Amen. Oh, what about when there was that revival that I read about in some time in history and oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we we're around on Wigglesworth Day and you know, all this kind of thing. And it's like, hang on, he's not the great I was. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, get up and give God some praise in this place. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You know, the great, the God of the great I was is just down the road there at that stone cathedral with all the cemeteries out of it. That's the great God of the great I was. They had a move of God once, people filled that place once and then they buried them all just outside the church to prove it, that He's the God of the great I was. <laughs> I knew it'd come up, man. Amen. I think I've laboured on that point enough. Number two, which kind of goes along to it and let's have a look and start again in verse 21. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught them as one having authority. They were astonished at the way he taught the message. And they said, man, there's something different about the way he delivers it. It's not like the scribes. Now, just to give clarity, Jesus was teaching from the same book. Remember, it says in Luke chapter 4, he opened up, he found where it was written, the book of Isaiah. Where it was written, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those who are a captive, the opening of the prison to those that are bound. He was reading from the same book as the scribes, but when he communicated the revelation of the book, when he taught from the book, when he broke the book down, there was something about the authority that Jesus carried that made them wonder. See, we have to understand the believer's authority. We have to understand what we carry. If we're gonna see the miracle realm in churches up and down this nation, it needs to be a realm of authority, amen? That we're not bartering with sickness. We're not, we're not you know, we're, we're not cozying up to disease, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not making deals with the devil, amen? about how he can sit in church as long as he doesn't say too much, you know? No, we are taking authority, the authority that Jesus Christ has given us when he said all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, go ye therefore. Amen. Amen. And there's different ways that pe- preachers have communicated the gospel throughout the centuries that carried authority. You don't have to be like me or like Leslie, and, and you know, and we're quite outgoing and exuberant, and and you know, we're passionate for Jesus, you know. Um, but we carry authority. You could just be quiet and a little reserved about the way you communicate, but there's something about the words you speak that carry authority. Amen. Amen. You do it how you want to do it, how God has created you to do it with your personality, but people will know if you carry authority in the Spirit. Amen. Authority comes from knowing what Jesus did on the cross and what He's put into your spirit. Jesus said it this way. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. It is not an arm wrestle with the devil. I know you've got those tattoos where Jesus and Satan are locked in an arm wrestle, you know, and they both got bulging muscles and who's going to win, you know? Let me tell you, it's not an arm wrestle, amen. There was no massive war when God kicked Satan out of heaven like maybe Satan almost won or anything like that. Jesus got it right, amen. He said, "I saw Satan fall like lightning." <laughs> and then you wonder how Jesus I know he was God okay but you wonder or is God but you wonder well why did Jesus have so much confidence because he knew where Satan really was under his feet and then he turns to his disciples and he said behold I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you that's authority. Amen. That's power. Amen. See, the only power the devil has over you is the power that you give him. Because when we're ignorant of who we are, then he can take advantage of that and produce fear and sickness in our life. Amen. We have to teach our kids that. They see something on TV, they get scared, it gets in their mind. Now I'm afraid to go to sleep at night, right? The only power the devil has over you is the power you give him. Because he don't want you to go to sleep because he wants to torment you with sleeplessness because he's like, look at me, I'm tormenting children of God. This is so fun for me if they don't sleep because of that scary image I put in their mind. But the moment you realize that he's a liar, And that he has no power, except the power you give him, you take your power back. I need some people here tonight, before we pray for you, that are willing to take their power back. I'm going to take the power back. (laughs) I think that's an 80s rap song, I don't know, but it sounds pretty cool. Take the power back. Amen? Take it back. Take the power back of sickness. Take the power back of disease. Take the power back of suffering. Take the power back of anxiety in your life. Take the power back of sleeplessness in your life. Take the power back of the devil. And take that authority that Christ has given you in His name. You know what that authority likes? We'll put it like this if Jesus was standing here right now, how would he treat a certain situation in your life? Well, that's the way that you can treat that situation if you know he's given you all authority. Amen. It's like, what would Jesus do? WWWD. <laughs> that's exactly it what would Jesus do now go do it too amen glory be to God so just to recap if you want a miracle atmosphere a realm of the and this is not this is to the, the, the oncologist if you want a realm of the miraculous have a now gospel take your authority number three let's have a look at verse 23 Now, there was a man in a synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when he had unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, and they questioned, What new doctrine is this? for with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him number 3 to have a miraculous realm you have to believe in deliverance you have to believe in deliverance cuz there's a reason why we can't break through into the miraculous realm and it's called demons <laughs> They don't want you to operate in the power of God. They don't mind sitting in churches. They just don't want you operating in power in those churches. Amen? When we were delivering a witch doctor in Fiji, big witch doctor, and um, long story, but to cut it short, when we were delivering this witch doctor, the witch doctor looked at the pastor, And the spirit that was speaking out of the witch doctor by the stage, who was a very English, trained in English spirit that could speak better English than the witch doctor. He looked at the pastor and he said, you don't have the power to cast me out. And the pastor backed up. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. And then he looked at the elder and he said, you don't have the power to cast me out either. And the elder backed up. And then he looked at me and he said, you don't have the power to cast me out either. I said, shut up, devil. Yes, I do. Jesus is in me. I do have the power to cast me out. You out. (laughs) (laughs) Only my wife has the power to cast me out, okay? (laughs) You know what the Spirit said? You're right. You do have the power. (laughs) If you tell me to leave, I have to go. And the truth is that the pastor and the elder did have the power, but they didn't know it. And the demon saw they didn't know it. And And he turned them on their identity issue and he got it over them. But you do have the power to cast spirits out. So we need the gift of deliverance. We need the deliverance anointing in the church today. The Bible says that if Jesus cast out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom has come upon you. So a sign of the kingdom of God, remember, kingdom of heaven is at hand. A sign of that kingdom at hand. How do you know if the kingdom's in your hand? Well, one of the signs is deliverance. Is there deliverance happening around your life? Are you getting free? Is your family getting free? Are your neighbors getting free? Are people around you getting free from harassing and tormenting spirits? Trauma spirits, tormenting, harassing, belittling you. Self-pity spirits. well, that's just my personality. Is it? Would Jesus have created you like that? It's like shyness. When people say to our kids, oh, that one's a bit shy, we say, no, she's not. Because God doesn't create shyness. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind not a spirit of intimidation. Shyness is a product of some kind of childhood wound where your personality was trapped and put down. You can be an introvert, you can like spending time with yourself, but you're not shy. Little things like that. It's just an example where you start to get free and released in yourself so your breakthrough can become someone else's breakthrough. Breakthrough. Amen remember what Jesus, remember what Jesus said. If you pray to the Lord who is in the secret place, He'll reward you in the open. When you get free in the secret place, public breakthrough happens all around your life. You can't help it. And so God graciously is bringing back the deliverance anointing. We see a lot of deliverance. I'm not saying it's going tonight. I'm just saying we see a lot of it in our meetings. I'm thankful. We were in uh, the Kapiti Coast, and there was this old pastor. He was about 65, which isn't old, by the way, but um, old to me. And um, he came to our meeting, and we're doing this meeting, and the power of God just moved powerfully upon people. And people were weeping and crying and getting deliverance, and it was just like this awesome move of God. And afterwards, I was kind of tired, you know, because it does take a lot out of you ministering like that. And I went to sit down, and this 65-year-old pastor, it wasn't even his church service. He'd been invited. He just grabbed the microphone off me. He goes, man, this is like the 90s. This is like what happened in the 90s, man. And it's like, man, this is awesome. And he said, God's going to do one more thing. I feel like there's another wave coming, brothers and sisters. And he's like, come on, let's go for another wave. And he's like, who wants another wave? And people say, I'm not, I was like tired. Like, I just want to go have a sleep now. He's like, let's go over another wave. And this 65-year-old starts running around the church. And I'm like trying to keep up with him. I'm like, okay, man, okay. <laughs> and he's just laying hands. Man, this like the 90s, da 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 And in my mind, I thought, well, what changed? Why does it have to be like the 90s? Did Jesus change? Isn't he the same yesterday, today, and forever? But somewhere along the line, we changed culture. So we're crying out for miracles, but we're afraid of deliverance. You don't get miracles without deliverance. Because Jesus would always first cast the spirits out of a region before he would move in miraculous power. That's why it's the first miracle recorded in the book of Mark. It was only after the deliverance in the synagogue that Jesus began to operate in miracles in that region. Sila. Number three. Number four. There's no clock on the wall. Huh? You guys getting something tonight? few more minutes and then we're going to pray. Number four, you've got to pray for the sick if you want to see the sick healed. Light bulb moment. Amen. It's so simple, but isn't it just like I'd love to see the sick healed. Oh, I've never seen a miracle. I'd love to see a miracle. And then someone with crutches walks right past you and you, I'd love to see a miracle, Lord. Please send a miracle, God. And then another person walks past you in a wheelchair. Please, Lord, I'd love to see a miracle. Right? Guess what? You actually have to pray for the sick to see the sick healed. Amen? Like, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen the dead raised. I'll be honest. I'd love to one day but I've prayed for five or six dead people. I'm, only, I'm, pretty, I'm getting closer, okay? You're not gonna see the dead raised until you pray for a dead person. You understand what I'm saying? Now, comas, that's my gift. Anyone in a coma, that's my gift, okay? I'm telling you. Okay, I got the gift of faith for comas because I've seen three or four comas. People come out of comas. That's how our ministry began was because a boy was in a coma on an aeroplane. I prayed for the boy. Some of you know the story. The boy woke up from his coma and uh, it happened to be a, p- a pastor's son. And so the pastor invited us to do a healing meeting in his church and the miracles broke out and the rest is history. So ever since then, anytime someone says coma, I'm like, that's us. I got that gift. Amen. But you actually have to pray for a dead person to see a dead person raised. You have to pray for a sick person to see a sick person healed. Amen. What if nothing happens? So what? They think you're foolish anyway. You're a Christian. Well, I might just, you know, they think it anyway. Don't worry about it. Just pray for them. Amen. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven, go and preach the kingdom of heaven as you go. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received it, freely give it. Amen. Amen. So when you're developing miraculous culture, you have to pray for miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Number five. This is... uh, Chapter three now, verse 13. And Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. So number five is you have to empower people to go and do the works of Christ. Amen? You have to empower people, right? We need the whole group of believers. That's why me and Liz have a team. It's not because we can't do it all. It's because we don't wanna do it all. We wanna see people empowered to do it. We wanna see people uh, emboldened to do it. We wanna see people released to do it, amen? And God is wanting to raise up churches, Church groups where the power of God is manifest, where there is an empowerment culture, not a disempowerment culture, where there is an empowering culture where people can begin to step into their giftings and their callings, amen? amen. Where it's not just about the he- healing evangelist, amen? But where it's about every single one of us. Do you know what we did in Motueka? We had a, a, a gifts of the Spirit. We taught on the gifts of the Spirit. We had 60 people come in a small town on a Friday night to the gifts of the spirit training. And within an hour and a half, every one of those 60 people prophesied. Every one of them got a word of knowledge. And then they all prayed for each other for the gift of healing. And then on the Saturday night community event, they were the ministry team. And we had two venues operating. We were in the main venue. Then they had the own team in the other venue, praying for the sick. Because it's about empowering people to do the works of Christ, amen? Number six, and I'm gonna spend the last 10 minutes on this. Chapter six, then he went and from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this? which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Hosea, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. Let me tell you, you will always have an opportunity to be offended. The devil will always give you one. You might've been offended at the way I look today. The fact that I wear melon. Some of you are like, that's pink. Oh, no, it's melon. <laughs> Southern men don't wear pink. I know, that's why it's melon. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you're always gonna have an opportunity to be offended at something. The devil wants to sow that offence so that you can't get what you came here to get, what God wants to give you tonight. Amen. God wants something for you. God has a breakthrough for you, but you have to step past whatever enemy things the enemy has set up to stop you for the last 20 years, getting that one breakthrough you've needed, church every Sunday, 20 years, you haven't got it, but tonight you can get it. If you just hear the spirit of wisdom and revelation speaking you tonight and step past that enemy smoke screen and into your miracle, God will give it in Jesus' name. It's just a smoke screen, it doesn't exist. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them and he marveled at their unbelief. People say, well, why haven't we seen what we see in the islands? Well, there's a different stronghold in the Western church. Their stronghold is witchcraft, their stronghold is um, all that type of stuff. Our stronghold, church, is unbelief. And until we raise up ministers of the gospel that are willing to target the spirit of unbelief. I'm giving some pearls tonight. I know I'm giving pearls, man, because I came with a message for you guys, as well as we're gonna pray for the sick and have a good time in a few minutes because I'm going to leave heaps of time for that. But I've come with a message, you understand, from the Lord tonight. Jesus could do no mighty works. The Son of God himself could do no mighty works because of unbelief. Amen? And so we need to go after that spirit and begin to minister faith, genuine faith, hope, expectation on the goodness of God, preach who God is. If you, hear, if you have a look at this verse again and read it in your own time, they were amazed and astonished saying, what wisdom is this that such mighty works are performed by his hand? But he did none in that town. So what mighty works were, what were they talking of? the mighty works that he was testifying of. See, Jesus used testimony when he preached. That's why you get people up giving testimonies. And you... And you, and you record your testimonies and you share your testimonies because Jesus used testimonies and where the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when you share testimonies of the goodness of God, they have a prophetic reality to them that multiplies them into the lives of people all around your life. So what did Jesus do with unbelief? Because here's what we do. We'll minister on a certain thing and then something won't happen, like a miracle won't happen, or we'll minister a healing, we'll pray for someone that gets healed, they don't get healed, and immediately we'll just stop doing it. How many know what I mean? Let's water down that message. Let's oh, put a, well, it could have been this, it could have been that. Let's maybe just do it in the back corner of the room. Let's maybe just do this, do this, because we don't want to make a big scene, and um, you know, it didn't happen, and people got disappointed. Uh, and so let's just kind of not maybe share the message anymore. Well, that's got us in the state we are today, church. Understand? But what did Jesus do? Whoa, this is exciting, because we went to be like him, amen? (laughs) Last time I checked. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And then Jesus stopped preaching the healing message and just put it in the back burner and said, oh, well, I'll wait till the cross. No, then it says, then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So when he didn't get the breakthrough in the town, he doubled his efforts. And he said, I'm gonna go around in a circle from village to village in that area, preaching my message until I break the power of the spirit that come against me in my hometown. And then look what he did verse 7 and then he called the 12 to him and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits So first he goes man this thing just hit me what am I going to do give up no I'm now going to go on a circuit and preach my message then I'm going to then get 12 others and give them power to go preach the same message and I'm going to triple down on my message Amen. So Jesus didn't take a step back with the setback. He got immediately ready for his comeback. Amen. And he doubled down on his message. He tripled down like the double downs you get at KFC. Double for your trouble. And he went after that spirit And then He released others to do likewise until He got the breakthrough in the region He was preaching at, amen? And I just believe that if we're gonna speak into the spiritual atmospheres and begin to call on a miracle realm, that we need these keys in our life and in our church. I'm believing God that He's gonna raise up a bunch of churches that will begin to cultivate a miracle culture, that will begin to cultivate a healing culture, that will begin to do something in a healthy way where people will literally come into the back of the service and the moment they walk through the doors, healing power comes on their bodies and they're healed, amen? And they begin to testify, no one touched me, but Jesus healed me. I was just in the atmosphere. Why? Because it's an atmosphere of expectation. It's an atmosphere of faith. It's an atmosphere where unbelief is being dealt with, amen? It's an atmosphere of empowerment. It's an atmosphere of deliverance. It's an atmosphere atmosphere of a now message. And when we preach the now message, the now God shows up. Come on, clap to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah.